Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish Coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish Coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Angry Gamers Podcast. Now, we're the Three Angry no gamers nerds no i can't speak <laughs> three angry nerds podcast those two of us those two angry nerds excuse me while i'm still waking up with me as always is adam how's it going adam doing pretty good here also waking up a little bit but yeah coffee ready that's to what, go that's what the coffee's <laughs> for right help us wake up Coffee's for yeah, yeah. I've just been playing Spider-Man 2, so I think like most, a lot of people out there, honestly, playing Spider-Man 2. Uh, so, excuse me while I'm like, can we beat this so I can go get the last trophy so I can platinum the game? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a big platinum person for games, like I don't really care about that stuff that much, but sometimes you look and you're like, oh, I've got like 90% of them, I might as well just do the rest of them, get it, so... Um, fine. Once you can round them all up. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, though, I would say, like, I know this is not a video game podcast, but if you, you know, you're a big fan of Spider-Man and the lore and the world of that, definitely would recommend that game. That game is so rich with villains and characters, and I almost got to the point where I'm like, I think you're setting up a little too much. I don't know how you're going to pay off on all of this, but it's a, it's a very cool game if you're into to comics and uh, spider-man and all that but we got a gaming podcast for that three year gamers go check that out um this is about movies uh and boy oh boy do we have a hot rumor this week beast played by kelsey Grammer in x-men 3 uh will supposedly it's rumored he, that he'll appear in a post-credit scene for the marvels to set up Secret Wars and Deadpool 3. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, a, that they can get Kelsey Grammer back as Beast for one and two. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of like a weird character to kind of like lead on. Like, I don't know. Wouldn't it make more sense to do Wolverine or something? But, I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it'd be a cool cameo, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think he would be the like the MCU's Beast, uh, the new as part of the new X Men or whatever. But no, I really liked him as Beast in those those original three X Men movies. Yeah, he only. Or I guess he was just in the last two. But 
I think he was only in the last one, wasn't he? I don't even think he was in X Men Two. At least, at least I don't think. I I think he was only Beast in X Men Three, which notoriously was directed by Brett Ratner and is a dumpster fire of a movie. But like, yeah, like I I don't. You know, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about like, like I I don't think he played Beast. Like any other time, really. But I mean, it's sad. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, he was a pretty good beast, but just director and other stuff got in the way. But now is this time to shine? Get Sean Levy involved. Get. <laughs> I wonder how many of these actors are now going to start being like, oh, maybe I should actually give this another go because now with some decent directors behind these, you know. Like, whoever was the director of X-Men Origins Wolverine, I'm sure they weren't the greatest. Uh, you know, and then you've got, uh, yeah, X-Men 3 and stuff. So, now you got good directors, and maybe they might be like, hmm, Kelsey Grammer might just be like, maybe I will come back as Beast. Yeah, they get a second chance. I also think this is a little telling, too, that the Marvels is probably not tracking as well as Marvel would like it to. Because, I mean... Um, I've heard various rumors. I don't know which is true about what they're setting up for the post credit season for this. It could be that both are the case, but there was also the rumor too that like they were going to do Haley Steinfeld's, uh, Kate Bishop and, uh, Miss Marvel, like at the end setting up a young Avengers. Um, I think maybe Marvel's like, throw in a post credit scene with Kelsey Grammer's beast to like get people excited because if anything you may not get butts into seats for Captain Marvel but you may get butts into seats for Kelsey Grammer's beast um I don't know it just seems a little telling that Marvel seems very desperate right now for people to go see that movie um I don't even think they can promote that movie still with the actors I don't think they yeah I think they're still unable to so yeah also, a little telling that Marvel, yeah, trying to maybe, maybe try to get the Marvels to not be a complete box office disaster, which I think it will be. I don't think the movie's going to do well at the box office. And I yeah. wonder if it does, I wonder if that will spell how much longer uh, Brie Larson will play Captain Marvel. Because, I mean, aside from Endgame, which she didn't really have a huge part in, her solo stuff hasn't been the most well received i mean people were not too hot on the first captain marvel i mean yes it did well because it was a marvel movie but i think it had a pretty pretty decent drop off and i think people just really don't really hold that movie up too fondly in memory but yeah it feels like a weird uh like post-credit scene or something to throw in at the end of the marvels it's like yeah, I don't know how it would relates to everything. Well, I guess because Deadpool three will probably be the next Marvel movie out. Yeah, because I but think... it's I guess they're gonna touch on multiverse stuff then in, yeah. in the Marvels. I don't know. Yeah, that's if they do. Yeah, who knows? I like the movie's only like ninety minutes. I have a feeling it's gonna be pretty pretty simple, pretty short. Like oh they mix their powers or they teleport when they use their powers and then they're gonna first be like all awkward and then they're gonna start using that tactfully 
and then that'll be the movie. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, I, I, that's why I also think too, like, I don't think the Marvels is going to be like as hard hitting of a movie. It's only like, yeah, 97 minutes, something like that. Not a long movie. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not really rooting. I'm not rooting for it to do poorly, but I just think it's, it's coming out at a time when you can't really promote the movie and it, it's going to be a tough, tough sell for, I think, some people to go and support uh, Captain Marvel at the box office. I mean, people also thought that, like, the woman-driven uh, comic book movies were going to do well with, like, Wonder Woman. And, yeah, it did well with the first Wonder Woman, but, like, Wonder Woman 84, like, significantly didn't uh, perform as well as it could have. I mean, mind you, that one at least had COVID as part of the reason why but still not too many people showed up to watch Wonder Woman 84 so uh yeah let's just say I have a lot of questions about the Marvels and how well it's gonna do um but yeah Thor 5 reportedly in development at Marvel Studios this time without filmmaker Taika Waititi uh I think there's a lot of people who are gonna be happy about this <laughs> I don't think too oh, it doesn't surprise me. No. <laughs> I mean, just talk about a real like souring on this filmmaker. I mean, he came out and I mean, he had like a lot of people's admiration after uh, Thor Ragnarok. He could have he could have really kept that going. I mean, people really liked him after uh, Ragnarok, and then yeah, Love and Thunder really just dropped the ball. Just got a lot of people on against his uh his filmmaking style enough so that apparently marvel's not even wanting to bring him back so that's telling um is there any filmmaker you'd like to see do a thor movie you know i i kind of i don't know about a specific filmmaker per se but i i kind of want to see it like almost return to the same like tone and style of, of like the first movie like take itself a little more seriously and some of the grandiosity of asgard and such like i think because i think with taika like i think you know marvel they gave him like a you know like a checklist of boxes he had to tick and mm-hmm. he you know he, he just kind of hit those things and then in between all that he just did all this goofy silly like these kind of slapstick comedy and stuff and i'm like i don't know i don't really think that suits thor's character the best no um i would like it to go into more of that kind of uh like the norse mythology of it and stuff and like yeah yeah i don't know but it's i don't know thor's he's kind of in a weird place with his character he's kind of the only original avenger still around and yeah, like, I don't really know what you do with him at this point. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised Marvel hasn't snatched up the Daniels that worked on um, everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, yeah, they they did a, such a great like multiverse movie with like a ton of heart and humor. Like that's what a Thor movie, at least, like. I, I do like the idea of doing, like, the Norse mythology a bit more, but I feel like Marvel's already thrown that out the door 
long time ago, and I, I don't know if they would return to, like, the intense Norse mythology, but, like, for what they're trying to do, I think the Daniels would be good, or even the Russos. I mean, hate to say this, but the Russo brothers have not had a ton of success post-Endgame. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff they've had has been middling at best, so maybe it's time to call the Russos and bring them back. I mean, there's stuff with Thor in, um, not really Endgame, but more um, uh, Infinity War. Is that what the movie was called? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm already forgetting some of this shit, but like, there's stuff with Thor in that was pretty good. And like, he was a pretty big character in that, like, I don't know. I would give either either of those two a call and like be like, yeah, get, get us get us Thor five and make it good because, yeah, Love and Thunder just really soured a lot of people. I could also see Greta Gerwig. I mean, I feel like at one point she's gonna probably do a Marvel movie, considering how popular she was post Barbie. But I think she's also the kind of person that makes movies to kind of be a little antithetical to the whole Hollywood movie. Like, that's kind of why Barbie was what it was, because I don't think she wanted to make Barbie as, like, a straight blockbuster movie. She wanted to make it with, like, a bit of a message and a bit of a reason for everything, but they can do yeah. that in Marvel, too. You can find some room for that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, okay. Uh... Loki star Jonathan Majors faces another setback as the district attorney declines to prosecute his ex-girlfriend. Um, there's also a lot of stuff that came out about what actually happened. Um, I'm going to go through all of it just because it is quite extensive. But yeah, definitely paints him in a bad light. Um, you know, again, this isn't necessarily meaning that he's guilty, but I mean, he's it's pretty bad like stuff about him like bruising his ex-girlfriend and like breaking a finger and, and like lacerations behind her ear and stuff like this and yeah not good um and still no word from marvel if they want to they're going to replace him or not i think loki season two still has a couple episodes left so potentially they could replace him in that i mean spoilers for episode four of loki but they definitely do something to uh his character that potentially could could leave the room for a new actor to come in or something but yeah you know, what do you make of all this yeah. I, I haven't really been following all the jonathan majors drama but I mean, yeah everything i hear is like eh, too good but yeah i mean it's you kind of they, they cast this person they try to set up to be the new old big bad of the universe and stuff and it's like uh, i mean I, I guess you know with the whole multiverse concept and with variants and things it's like it's easy enough to just kind of replace or you know they can kind of do what like the uh the new harry potter movies did with like uh was it like grinwald or something was his name they had like three different actors play that character yeah, <laughs> because they just kept kept changing it up. They mm. could do something like that. Yeah, um, just kind of replace him with someone else and say he's the same character. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, 
Yeah. But yeah. It's it's not looking good for him. I mean, and I think well, the rest of Hollywood is all looking at Disney and Marvel to see what they do with him. Because I think, obviously, them being the biggest uh, player in the game, you know, they have the most to... Um, the most influence. So I think people are looking at them like, hmm, I wonder what they're going to do. And I think Disney's even like, what do we do with this? Because, I mean... You can't really, you know, make a decision while he's still, at least in terms of the law, considered guilt or uh, innocent, right? Because it's innocent until you're proven guilty. So maybe if they get a conviction, that's when Marvel's going to be like, time to act. But at the same time, too, public pressure. Who knows? They might not want to wait that long either. Yeah, I guess you let it all play out in the courts and see. That's probably the best way to do it, right? Because, yeah. I mean, I'm not... Okay, I'm gonna, I gotta be careful how I word this, because my intentions are, are good, but it's how you word these things. I, I do think that sometimes with these Me Too movements and other stuff like that, sometimes people are very quick to act when the courts haven't actually given a decision um like justin roiland was an example of that like he got canceled from everything and then they ended up finding him not guilty or something like that so mm -hmm. you know i don't know part of me always thinks too it's like i'd rather i think it's just good for us as 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 a society to you know let the courts deem their ruling before we as a public start you know, saying, oh, get this person out of this movie or get this person out of the show. Like, I don't know. It's just like a weird, like, parallel to the justice system where, where people are just making their decisions up, like, before everything else. So, I don't know. It's just very strange. Um, so, yeah. We'll find out what happens with Jonathan Majors. There's a big question mark. I mean, is he going to be in the rest of the MCU? Maybe not. All right. Um, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 delayed nearly a year to May 23rd, 2025. It was already coming out like June 2024, and yeah, it got delayed an entire year almost to May 23, 2025. Uh, and the film will be retitled, so we don't know what they're gonna retitle it to, but it was supposed to just be, yeah, Dead Reckoning Part 2. Um,. Although I do think it'd be a little weird to retitle it when you have Dead Reckoning Part 1. Because then it's going to be like, well, where's Part 2? Oh, Part 2 is now whatever they call it. I don't know. Seems like a real weird thing. What do you make of this, Adam? Uh, yeah, that's kind of odd to retitle. Um, I mean, I imagine they would have to keep like Part 2 in there somewhere. Or even if they call it something else. Uh, yeah, because I don't know. I think people are going to be confused or... Or do you think they might... I don't know, though. <laughs> do you think they might retitle Dead Reckoning Part 1 and just call it, like, Dead Reckoning and then call the next one whatever they call it? You know, that yeah, they could just, like, kind of retcon it like that. I kind of always thought... I don't know, watching Dead Reckoning Part 1, I was like, this didn't really need to be a Part 1 movie. Like... No. I think it could have just been its own story. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it... Uh, like, you could still have certain... Like things carry over to the next movie without it really being part one, part two. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. All the it's kind of unfortunate. All these a few like these part one movies like this and Spider Verse like come out and then the strikes hit and then now we're not getting part two till like two years later and it's like like oh man <laughs> I'm like why should have just had one movie <laughs> but it is what it is yeah mm-hmm. I guess maybe by then enough time will pass people forget there was a part one so they're just like oh it's the new Mission Impossible and yeah <laughs> yeah. I am really curious about, yeah, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 or whatever they end up calling because, yeah, I like that first movie and I thought it left on a very good cliffhanger. I want to see what happens next, so make it happen. Uh, and that final bit of news, Fallout, the TV series, will premiere on Prime Video on April 12, 2024. So, coming up relatively quick, I guess. Less than half a year. Um, I'm curious yeah. to see what they do with this. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the Fallout games. Yeah, they're fun. Playing a lot of Starfield. Yeah. Oh yeah, Starfield's <laughs> great too. Um, I think. Yeah, I'll be curious because I'm also like a big part of the Fallout games is making choices and seeing the consequences of your choices. So I wonder how they're mm-hmm. gonna relay that to a show. I think that's, like, always the hardest part with, like, games like that when you're trying to adapt them because, like, the choices I make and the choices other people make might be completely different. And it's hard to kind of, like, choose one and be like, this is the canon way of doing things. But we'll see. I, uh, I'm really curious how it all turns out, but I'm sure it'll be at least entertaining. I mean, Fallout as a universe has a lot going for it, so... Definitely, yeah. Yeah, there's all the different factions and things that you could sign up with and stuff, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting who they kind of choose is, like, who are the bad guys or how they develop the protagonists. And, yeah, I imagine it'll be, like, them waking up in the vault and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you look at, like, the plots, they're relatively simple to start, like, oh, I gotta find my dad or I gotta find whoever. And it's like, okay, and then... Usually there's some other bigger plot at play in those games, so. Alright. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to review a few things, and then, yeah. A little short episode this week, but back in a bit. Hey, Spark. Have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, the ghost. I'm the ghost of streaming. What streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. 
It's a device that you can stream on, in fact. Why don't you go to HTTP colon forward slash forward slash get Amazon forward slash so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? All right, we're back. And let's review Invincible Season 2, which is out this week. Adam and I have watched the first four episodes. They're pretty good. Pretty good start to the season, I would think. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I just binged all four last night. Um, preparation for review. and Man, yeah. I love them. I was a huge fan of the first season. Uh, couldn't wait for the second. Um, yeah, I think I, I love them all. I think they're great. Um, <laughs> I guess we could just get into it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. This pretty much kind of picks up. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact time. But I want to say it's like months after the ending of season one uh, with Omni-Man leaving Earth. Um and it kind of like explores a little bit of that and like what, you know, um, Invincible kind of faces in terms of like, he doesn't want to be like his father. He wants to avoid making the same mistakes he did and becoming him. Um, but yeah, like along the way too, there is just like a few um, kind of stories that sort of just, I don't know, kind of like test invincible a little bit and kind of show that he he can not be his dad but then by the time you guys have episode four things kind of go pretty crazy and pretty wild uh not gonna spoil what happens in episode four but like it, it's a game changer at least and uh, i was very surprised at some of the storylines they were starting to tackle in that so um but yeah uh it's a uh very good show obviously like the voice cast is fantastic um the animation's great um there's really not too many complaints i have about it no what did you think yeah uh, yeah i thought how they they started off was like they really do uh they do a good job of showing kind of just the impact and the trauma that of dealing with kind of like you know the aftermath of all the devastation Omni Omni Man caused, and especially mm -hmm. with the mom and uh, how she's kind of dealing with, you know, just having been treated like a pet, like Omni Man uh, said to her, and um, yeah, you know, like their whole marriage just meant nothing, and it's like I thought the some of the the emotional story arc there uh, was really powerful. Uh, they picked up too from the. That Adam Eve kind of spin-off episode uh, pretty well, I thought, too. Mm -hmm. I think that, that came out, like, a few months ago. Yeah. Um, and they do uh, um, pick up from that storyline, too, and, and integrate it pretty well. And I think overall, too, they did a good job of kind of uh, setting up this universe on a larger scale and kind of where Invincible fits within it. Um, there's that Alan character that Seth Rogen voices that we saw in the last season, and they... 
they develop his story more in one of the episodes and kind of, um, you know, uh, this whole council of, of people that he's dealing with and mm-hmm. uh, kind of who are the Viltramites and all that. They get into more, which I, I really liked. It feels like we're expanding this world and kind of like Invincible. He's not just uh, uh, a hero of Earth. Maybe he needs to be like a hero that plays a larger part in the in the galaxy in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was cool. And I, I wasn't expecting at all, too. They even get into some multiverse stuff, which seems like every superhero, you know, property is, has to, you know, deal with the multiverse now. Or not even just superhero stuff, but almost, almost a lot of pop culture stuff nowadays. But, yeah. but the way they do it was uh, pretty interesting and unexpected, and you know. Um, yeah. And then there's, of course, those... Uh, Man, I forget their name, but those those blue twin brothers or the clones, yeah, the guy that keeps cloning himself. Yeah, they're they're pretty good, and they make they make kind of an ongoing appearance. And uh, yeah, yeah they do set up a villain for the season. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a few threats that kind of linger throughout, but there is like at least um, I think Langstrom is his name. Like he's a pretty right popular yeah. villain from the comics and they they set him up early on in this to be the villain in this and yeah it's great like there's a lot of cool stuff in this of like just yeah it, it is a lot of setting up i think in the first four episodes that we saw like definitely showing like this is where they're at this is what's you know what the world looks like of invincible and that's not a bad thing, but I think, yeah, definitely is setting up for something more exciting down the road. I mean, um, not to say that it's boring because it's, it's not, but definitely, I don't know. I, I got excited watching it because I'm like, oh, you're doing this storyline or you're doing that storyline and you're doing all these other things. Like, it just kind of got me excited for the rest of the season and the, for the other seasons to come. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think it yeah. did a good job to be like, Oh, the Omniman's gone, but we still have a pretty big game plan for the rest of the series. So, yeah, so yeah, it's a world rich with so many characters, and I'm, um, I think that, yeah, they did a good job of making you care about each person and kind of what they're dealing with and where they are, um, and making making it all interesting. It's almost like you know Game of Thrones in a way. You keep you, you're jumping around between so many different people in different places and. But yeah. it's, it never gets too, too hard to follow everything that's happening. No. Um, yeah. But I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then episode four, just, you know, shit hits the fan. Whole new level. And it's just like, holy crap, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it really feels like, the, yeah, the season is kicking off around there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to know what exactly is going to happen this season, what's going to happen in, like, the seasons to come. Like, I think that's where I'm a little, like, hmm. Like, I do think the villain that they set up early on is the one that we're going to probably see more of in the back half of the season. But they definitely do set up some stuff for, like, the other seasons to come, too. Um, Cool. Uh, Out of these... For for the, well for these four episodes, what would you give it a score so far? You know what? For me, I think I'm just gonna go ten out of ten. Wow! Like, 
I really liked it. Um, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of, you know, having mature animation for adults. Like, animation doesn't just need to be for kids. And I think this really does a good job of showing that. It makes a strong argument. You know, the quality of animation's better. The voice acting's on point. You know, the soundtracks they got are great. You know, all the pacing, everything. I Yeah, I never really had any complaints at all watching it through. Um, yeah, for me, it's... This is a 10 out of 10 show. Nice. <laughs> um, I'll go like a 9. It is very good. I do think, though, um, it is a little... It is very set-up-y. Uh, and again, that's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah, I definitely... Uh, I felt like the, the pacing was a little slow, but even then, still, still would recommend you watch this. It's very good. Okay. And then next up is um, Get Gaudy, which is a new show on Netflix. It follows Gaudy, the criminal. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's nothing fantastic. It does kind of feel like it was a hard for me to get invested in the story. Uh, I mean, it's a real-life story, but still. Like, I didn't really feel I was invested in this as some other ones um so yeah i don't know i'd give it like a seven out of ten it's okay i think if you're really into like true crime documentaries this is probably one of the better ones to um watch but it's also one that yeah you're probably not going to uh i don't know it doesn't feel as uh important to watch as some other ones and then let's quickly rattle off some Blu-ray reviews. Um, got a few Blu-rays here to cover. First off is Rosemary's Baby, which is out on Blu-ray on uh, 4K UHD. Uh, it's a great transfer. It looks really good. Uh, I think uh, the only issue I have with it is it's a little bit light on features. Could have used a little more special features but i think if you're a fan of this movie you're gonna probably want to check this out just because it's probably the best transfer we've had yet of the movie uh transformers rise of the beast is also out on blu-ray it is a fantastic looking blu-ray it's got a nice little steelbook case that i find out looks really nice the movie itself looks fantastic on blu-ray uh, i was watching on 4k uhd blu-ray um it looks really good i think uh yeah i don't have too many issues with this one i i would also give this an 8 out of 10 just because i feel like it's um a very good uh blu-ray but i'm not sure, sure if most people are really that into this new transformers movie it's the movie itself uh might not be for everybody but I, I liked it, uh, and I think there's some room for some more special features on, like, a future Blu-ray release, which is kind of how they usually do it. Like, there's another one that will come down the road that has a little bit more. Uh, and then Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, also out on Blu-ray. Uh, and this one also looks fantastic, uh, although unlike the others, this one has, like, a large number of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, it's got a director's commentary, which I, I was kind of like, oh, why is it director's? But I forgot. Oh, yeah, there's this strike. 
at least there is a there's a commentary of some type so i'll say that much i you know i was very happy to see a commentary um i'm gonna give this a 10 out of 10 the movie itself is fantastic the blu-ray equally fantastic and i definitely think uh it's definitely one you should pick up this holiday season maybe while it's a collector's zone because if they end up retitling it you, sh you can get it while it still says dead reckoning part one lols okay that's it for this week until next time everybody bye for now